Welcome, bienvenue, to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Programming notes, as we reach the holidays, we are recording our Sloan paper and thoughts today. We will record a discussion on His Dark Materials 0.7 later in the week. Then we'll do, or wait, 0.6 later in the week. And then 0.7 early next week. We'll record a full pod at the end of next week. And then we'll be back to regular timing after the first of the year. It'll be a bad time. Will it be about time? I mean, at that point, we'll only be, what, six weeks away from uh, needing full predictions and starting to starting to gather some current news? Absolutely. <laughs> It'll be... So many people will have picked teams, like Madison Bumgarner out there. We've got to talk about him. So you want to read this thing? I do. Let's read this. I think we'll get... And we'll, we'll sprinkle in some hot takes. We are coming off the heels of... Uh, what, 12 hours ago submitting a paper? No. Yeah, a little over 12 hours ago submitting a paper to the Sloan 2020. No, we're going on... 15 hours? 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, we've recovered a little bit. Barely. All right, so let us tell you about predictive error estimates for baseball statistics using clustering algorithms and covariance analysis. Shall we start with an introduction? I think we should. This all started with a wild assertion. MLB players can be divided into different archetypes, and we can use those archetypes for reliable predictions with quantifiable confidence bands. On its face, the assertion implied three tasks, dividing players into archetypes, using those archetypes for prediction, and validating results. However, upon research and review, resources to accomplish the task were inadequate or non-existent. We began batting around this assertion, balancing methodology complexities, and iterating based on feedback. In the process, we build an open source framework that anyone can use to build unique predictions for future baseball seasons, complete with measure of confidence. This paper will discuss the methods and open source process developed for creating MLB player archetypes, using those archetypes for prediction, and validating those results. The goal of this work was the creation of a DIY MLB player prediction framework that anyone could run themselves or tweak with their own assumptions. Creating such a framework meant leveraging widely used methods and tools that follow KISS, keep it simple stupid, protocol, but when combined in the right sequencing, produce novel and practical results. The framework was developed with an eye on predicting MLB pitchers and hitters for fantasy baseball, and as such produces results that predict fantasy-relevant statistics. The framework's open-source design and flexibility allows for adjustments by other parties that could predict other aggregative full-season statistics as desired. So section two, methods. In this section, we outline the methods and open-source process developed for creating MLB player archetypes, using those archetypes for prediction and confidence estimation, 
and validating those results. The methods are open source and repeatable, which highlights the flexibility of the framework and the spirit of allowing any Python user the ability to run the steps from start to finish. All of this work can be found online in a public GitHub repository. And then there's a footnote that takes you there, and it is officially public, just for everyone listening. It's public. There we go. GitHub.com slash Michael dash Peterson slash Sloan 2020. There's nothing better for a podcast than reading URLs out loud. You you dislike that. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. Section 2.1, data discussion, commonly overlooked in the development of open source tools is their reliance on proprietary data. It is our belief that relying on manually maintained, tended, and primped data undermines the utility of open source tools. The aim of this project was the development of tools that would go start to finish from readily available MLB data to custom predictions with quantified error estimates. For the requisite data, we developed a series of web scraping tools that harvest MLB stats from Fangraphs. Thanks and recognition to Fangraphs for their ongoing dedication to presenting baseball data and analysis. We encourage the patronage of their site by everyone. The framework uses two groups of statistics for the algorithm. One group of statistics for hitters and one group of statistics for pitchers. The choice of statistics for the framework focused on two goals. First, to leverage commonly available data and avoid advanced metrics because they are already a synthesis. Second, given the fantasy bent of the project, gravitate towards the inclusion of stats that are commonly used as scoring categories in fantasy baseball. The statistics used for the framework are enumerated in Table 1. Of note is our modification of hits allowed by pitchers. In the framework for pitchers, H, hits allowed, excludes home runs. The reason for this is that we deal with home runs separately. The rest of the statistics follow common convention. Given the open source methodology of the framework, we see these statistics as a starting point and encourage branching of the framework for the application of different statistics. The dataset for our clustering is defined by two clear assumptions, observation, duration, and representation. First, as our goal was the creation of full year predictions, we decided that the duration of each observation in our dataset would come from a full season of data. One MLB season's worth of player observations is still a small sample, so we utilized multiple seasons. We used the last four seasons of aggregate data for this analysis, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019. Because players and their situations change from year to year, we decided that we were comfortable in separating player observations by year, meaning there is a Justin Upton 2016 as well as Justin Upton 2017 in the dataset. Second, as a way of ensuring that we are dividing the player universe into archetypes based on play versus opportunity, we represent the accumulated stats of each player through normalization by plate appearances and innings for hitters and pitchers, respectively. Said another way, instead of clustering on accumulated stats, we cluster on accumulation rates by plate appearances or innings. This helps ensure that our data space is clearly and relatively defined for the k-means algorithm, which is distance-dependent. While our ultimate goal is player prediction, it is important that we do the clustering in normalized data space, otherwise playing time outliers in the positive and negative directions dominate the cluster creation process. For instance, if player X hits a home run every 15 PAs but only has 300 PAs in a season, we want him clustered with other players that have the same home run rate. In unnormalized data space, player X could be clustered with a player who hit 20 home runs in 700 plate appearances, which is a very different rate and a very different player. 
The normalization process also means that we are creating a denominator or factor for all of our stats by playing time. A common problem with preseason predictions and player forecasts is that they provide full season aggregate projections that are therefore tied to playing time assumptions. For instance, if the playing time assumptions for hitter X change from 70 to 160 games in the preseason, then the typical aggregate forecast is of no use. Our normalization process is much more flexible. If the playing time assumption changes from 70 to 160 games, then our modeled results are merely multiplied through by the new value. This allows for a more robust and nimble prediction framework. Section 2.2, Cluster Computation. While each MLB player is unique, their accumulated statistic profile is more formulaic. Archetypes split up the player population with designations like power hitter, speedster, and five-tool player. For instance, we know the archetypal 2020 hitters will accrue 20 home runs and capture 20 stolen bases. And we know the workhorse hitters go 90, 30, 90 in runs, home runs, and RBI. We can begin dividing up the player pool a priori, but there are a lot of players and a lot of considerations. Instead of manually splitting up players into groupings, we turn towards machine learning computational methods. Section 2.2.1, choosing the k-means clustering algorithm. To establish our archetypes, we applied the k-means clustering method to our normalized player pools. Q Pink Floyd's Welcome to the Machine. It is machine learning time. The k-means algorithm is a supervised computational method which partitions a sample into k clusters in which each observation is assigned the cluster of the nearest cluster centroid in data space. This dimensional reduction technique is common in data mining and helps simplify an otherwise overwhelming problem. The k-means algorithm was chosen in the face of other algorithms because the method offers intuitive and predictive qualities that other advanced buzzword methods lack. For instance, we are both fans of PCA, Principal Component Analysis, but the method is neither intuitive nor predictive and the results would not match back to observations, aka players, for validation. Methods like ANN, Artificial Neural Networks, and SOM, Self-Organizing Maps, are more predictive but rely on black boxes and generally produce results that are less intuitive. Similarly, while we have an interest in GMM, Gaussian mixture models, we have not shown that the distributions in our data set are Gaussian, and even if we did, the assumption would limit the flexibility of the framework to handle new and different statistics. While the aim in developing this framework was a certain level of accuracy, our preferences for this framework were leveraging tools that would promote precision, transparency, and flexibility. Our belief is that confidence bands mitigate, if not improve, the product of the k-means framework. The key variable in a k-means clustering exercise is the determination of an appropriate value for k, the number of clusters. The beauty of the k-means algorithm is a juxtaposition of a complex machine learning computational method calculating several data space distances with the nearly arbitrary user assertion that the universe of observations can be divided into a set number of groups. Addressing this concern, we created two algorithms which iteratively create clusters by increasing k, evaluating the resulting clusters, and determining if more clusters are necessary. The two methods come from disparate paradigms. One method is rooted in the conceptual model of the k-means algorithm process of dividing a data set into clusters like dividing cells during mitosis, 
while the other method states a more sterile geometric approach. Let me explain my method 2.2.2, the Mike method, a conceptual model for determining K. The k-means clustering algorithm divides observations into clusters. We start the clustering algorithm by dividing the observations into two clusters. When k increases by one, an existing cluster is split into two clusters. Conceptually, finding the appropriate value of k-means following this process of increasing k by one and splitting clusters until the point at which the populations of each cluster are independent of the previous k-value. This point of independence implies overfitting. Figure 1 presents this for our hitting and pitching clustering. The diagram links each cluster to the subsequent cluster when k is increased by 1 that best matches its player season pairing observation. Note how, as the value of k increases from 2 to 10 for both hitting and pitching, the clusters follow the conceptual model. By the time k equals 13 for hitting and k equals 12 for pitching, the linkages from the previous k value are so varied that it is clear we have reached the point of oversaturation that the previous k value is the correct stopping point and that more clusters would be superfluous. The rinse routine, a geometric model for determining k. The k-means clustering algorithm is highly spatial. The algorithm creates k centroids in data space based on the distribution of observations. The algorithm then assigns observations to centroids based on which centroid is closest to each observation in data space. A complicated computational problem but not a complex one. Ergo, determining the appropriate number of observations is then determined by the value for k at which the data points stop getting exponentially closer to their nearest centroid. An algorithm was developed that calculated the sum of data points distances from node centroids for each k value as k increased from 2 to 25. A model was then created from this routine where the total data point distance from node centroid is a function of k. The inflection point of this curve then determines the minimum number of clusters needed to describe the data set. The middle diagram in figure 1 shows the inflection points for hitters and pitchers sitting at 12 and 11 respectively, confirming the assertion from the conceptual model. Creating conceptual and mathematical model for the determination of k makes the framework more robust while addressing the primary weakness of the k-means clustering algorithm. Section 2.2.4, Clustering Assignment. The k-means clustering algorithm was run on the normalized hitter and pitcher datasets using k equals 12 and k equals 11 respectively. The open source framework we developed leverages the k-means algorithm maintained in the scikit-learn library for Python. The algorithm assigns each player season to a cluster based on the partitioning of data space into the number of clusters we determined were optimal. The distributions of assignments can be seen in the corner plots in figure two and figure three for hitters and pitchers respectively. The plots show the distribution of each cluster across pairings of input variables, aka baseball statistics. To put the magnitudes of the x and y axes on a relatable plane, the ratios have been multiplied by a constant. For hitters, the ratios were multiplied through by 600 plate appearances, accepting average, which is best understood as a ratio. This number of plate appearances roughly corresponds to the plate appearances for an average everyday player. The pitching ratios have been multiplied by 9, the number of innings in a game. Once clusters were assigned, the cluster values were reassigned so that the magnitude of each cluster value would reflect relative player values across clusters. 
The result of the K-means clustering exercise was that each player was assigned to one of 12 clusters for hitters and 11 clusters for pitchers. Those cluster assignments were represented as integers between 0 and 11. Those numerical representations have no bearing on the relative value of the players in the cluster. They might as well be colors, Game of Thrones houses, or types of Star Wars starships. While this numerical oddity should not be confusing, it ends up being confusing because it is not intuitive. As this exercise was born from an effort to inform the relative value of players, we reassign the cluster numbers by rotisserie scoring each centroid against the others. Higher values correspond with clusters that have better production on a per plate appearance or inning rate. Note the differences in the distribution of the relationships between underlying stats as well as the relative proximity of clusters across data space. For instance, the RBI as a function of home run plot on figure 2 is a linear relationship where the different clusters create overlapping bands that culminate in cluster number 11. This plot contrasts well with runs as a function of stolen bases, wherein cluster 9 is an extreme outlier. Conversely, hits per 9 as a function of runs per 9 for pitchers in figure 3 is also a linear relationship, but the corresponding player values are inversely related with cluster number 10, the best pitching cluster closest to the origin. This contrasts with strikeouts per nine as a function of home runs per nine, which displays a far less linear relationship. These corresponding and contrasting representations display the complexity and dimensionality of the problem the K-means algorithm has solved. While a cluster assignment of observations might match a statistical understanding, we felt that a key validation step was understanding what types of players comprised each cluster and evaluating if our work was creating meaningful results. Manually assessing the assignment of each player season pairing over the last four years is untenable. Instead, we identified cluster stereotypes, the player season pairing which sits closest in data space to the cluster centroid. This sniff test validation provided a quick definition of each cluster and informs whether the model is overfitting, underfitting, or broken during the calibration process. These cluster stereotypes are presented in the legend for figure 2 and figure 3, as well as highlighted within the distribution. Section 2.3, Player Prediction and Estimation. Once we have created clusters that represent different player archetypes, we can use the clusters to forward model future statistics for the same set of players, the prediction engine. We use the centroid of the cluster as the first order prediction and then apply a second order correction in the form of the distance from the cluster center. That is, a reasonable approximation for any player's season output is the centroid of the cluster to which they have been assigned. The second order correction, in addition to providing a more nuanced picture of the player's statistical accumulation, provides a measure of the uncertainty. In this context, the distance in statistical space between a player's realized statistics and the cluster center comprise a measurement of how volatile a player's statistics may be from season to season. To develop a profile for each player, we assign each player to a cluster year by year. We assume each player's underlying skill is effectively drawn from a continuous distribution representing all positive outcomes, possible outcomes, for the player's season. We further assume that the skill change is relatively slow, such that each season may be represented as a linear combination of previous seasons with appropriate weightings. 
The preceding description features three families of parameters which must be set in order to make predictions. First, one must decide on the second-order regression factor. That is, if we assume that the cluster centroids accurately describe a player archetype, then any deviation from the cluster centroid is randomly chosen from an infinite number of unrealized seasons. The distance from the cluster center is used to set the mean of the distribution of unrealized seasons. We choose to regress the realized statistic halfway to the archetype. That is, if a cluster center predicts 4 home runs per 100 plate appearances, but a player realized 4.5 home runs per 100 plate appearances, we assume the true distribution is centered at 4.25 home runs per 100 plate appearances. Second, one must decide on the second-order uncertainty factor. Given the metric distance from the realized statistic to the cluster center, this factor determines the width of the distribution of unrealized seasons. We assume this factor is the same as the second-order regression factor. Using the example from above, we would fit the uncertainty on 4.25 home runs per 100 plate appearances as plus-minus 0.25 home runs per 100 plate appearances. That is, given the cluster center for the player's archetype is 4 home runs per 100 plate appearances, but the realized statistic was 4.5 home runs per plate appearance, our uncertainty factor would assert that both outcomes are equally likely if an infinite number of seasons were realized. Third, one must decide on yearly linear weights. The best information to make a prediction for individual players is their previous seasons of statistics. However, players change over time both for better and worse, so it may not be appropriate to simply assume that a previous year's performance will be perfectly predictive. Additionally, given our example above, a player may have overperformed their true ability owing to the small number statistics of a baseball season. Therefore, we use the previous four years with linear weighting factors to make a prediction for the upcoming season. If a player's skill never changed, an appropriate method would be to weight each season equally and treat them as a countable number of draws from the infinite unrealized seasons. If we were considering the previous four years, this would correspond to a weight of 25% for each season, such that the total contribution is unity, 100%. However, we may safely assume that the recent performance of a player is more indicative of their skill going forward and upweight the most recent seasons while downweighting the earlier seasons. In the current models, we assume that players are most similar to the previous season and give the previous season a weight of 50%. That is, half the prediction for a future season is based on the most recent season. The season before is given a weight of 35%, and each of the two seasons before that is given a weight of 7.5%. Such an aggressive rescaling was found to be necessary to recover the changes in player skill. As an example, consider a pitcher whose second-order corrected predictions were as follows for the years 2016 through 2019. 10 strikeouts per 9 innings, 10.3 strikeouts per 9 innings, 10.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, and 9.4. Then for 2020, we could do the linear combination of those with the appropriate weightings and find that we would predict 9.9 .9 strikeouts per 9 innings. In our prediction engine, each of the tuning factor families may be easily changed. We have conducted cursory validation of each factor, but an exhaustive search of parameter space for the best factors is beyond the scope of this paper. Section 2.4, Prediction Validation. Prior to the 2019 season, we built predictions for each player's rates of statistic accumulation. Coupled with estimates for plate appearances and innings pitched, we produced overall statistical estimates and uncertainties. Because we produced uncertainties, we can test how robust our model predictions and uncertainties are over the 2019 season.
we measure the rate of statistic accumulation for each statistic for each player and compare that with the prediction by taking the absolute difference. Each difference is then normalized by the reported uncertainty. We are left with a measurement in standard deviations for each player for each statistic, the standard deviation distribution. For each statistic, we then produce a histogram of the standard deviation distribution. We assume that the errors are distributed as a Gaussian for the purposes of validation. Under this assumption, we can test the validity of our predictions. If our models are perfect in their prediction rates, we will equally overpredict and underpredict statistics, considering the entire ensemble of players, resulting in a mean of zero. This is the mean difference in our predictions from the realized statistics, which we denote as the Greek letter mu lowercase. A negative mean indicates that we are globally overpredicting the statistic, and a positive mean indicates that we are globally underpredicting the statistic. Possible explanations include a change to the overall offense from year to year, or, as is more often the case, models do not predict the high end of statistics. Again, in the case of perfect models, we can predict the width of the standard deviation distribution, the standard deviation of the standard deviations, which should be unity. That is, a fit with a Gaussian will recover the input uncertainty calibration. A wider distribution indicates that the model systematically underpredicts uncertainty. A narrower distribution indicates that the model systematically overpredicts uncertainty. The calibration of the uncertainty is a fine line. One wants the uncertainty to be informative, but the maximum information one can get from the uncertainty comes from when the uncertainties are well calibrated to reflect the distribution of realized statistics. In figure 4, we tested the distribution of the standard deviations for hitters in each of the five measured statistics, batting average, home runs, runs scored, runs batted in, and stolen bases. Home runs, runs scored, and runs batted in for the 2019 season projections were all systematically underpredicted, and the uncertainties were too conservative by a factor of two. However, batting average and stolen bases were mildly overpredicted, with uncertainties that were more realistic and informative. In Figure 5, we tested the distribution of the standard deviations for pitchers in the five clustering quantities. Home runs allowed, earned runs allowed, walks issued, hits allowed, and strikeouts. Each is computed as a rate per inning. For pitchers, we see a clearer success. All but walks issued are less than one standard deviation away from the theoretical mean of zero. We generally underpredicted home runs allowed and earned runs allowed in line with the results from hitters, where we underpredicted general offense. While it is our hypothesis that this is part of the MLB's continuing trend towards explosive hitting numbers, further study is required to analyze fully why the statistics are systematically off and whether we expect them to be consistently higher in future seasons. We also underpredicted walks issued but overpredicted hits allowed, so our overall measures of walks plus hits allowed are consistent with realized values. Whether this indicates that our model mischaracterized some players or whether the styles of pitching have changed, e.g. more innings going to relievers, fewer innings going to starters, remains to be seen. In the end, our predictions were not collectively over or under predicted, and the model performed better on pitchers than hitters. For future models, the information from the 2019 season and the predictions can be returned to the model for 2020 and beyond predictions in the form of new calibrations for the second-order regression factor, second-order uncertainty factor, and yearly linear weights. Section 3, Case Studies. The previous section describes the details of the clustering and projection methodology. 
To facilitate an understanding of the projection system, the open source toolkit includes methods to visualize the projections for individual players over different years. The visualization routines provide another validation method for scrutinizing the player, the model performance, and tuning the year factors. After generating clusters, one may map each season for a player to a particular cluster. By weighting contributions from those years, we create projections for future performance. We will discuss two projections, those for Christian Yelich and those for Mike Clevenger. First, predicting Christian Yelich's 2020 home runs, stolen bases, RBIs, and runs scored per 100 plate appearances. Christian Yelich reached the plate appearance threshold for inclusion in the clustering analysis each year from 2013 to 2019. In Figure 6, we look at the four statistics as a function of year. In each panel, we measure the realized rate for each statistic, assign the corresponding cluster center value, and classify the uncertainty based on the clustering, and predict the rate using previous years. The black line in the figure is computed from the actual realized statistics in each season. From the suite of clustering statistics outlined in Table 1, each year is assigned to a profile cluster. The cluster centroid value for each statistics is shown as a solid red line. The uncertainty band around the assigned rate is the metric distance between the realized rate and the assigned rate. As discussed above, some multiple of the difference between the realized and the assigned rates is used to predict the uncertainty in each measure. For each year, we use a weighted combination of the previous four years as available to predict the following year. One may then compare to predicted rate in a given year to the realized rate. The uncertainty in the predicted rate is the uncertainty from the red band weighted by year. Examining Christian Yelich in detail, we see a player on the rise. The model predictions are playing tempered catch-up by design. First, considering the 2019 predictions, we find that we underpredicted Yelich's rates by between 0.7 and 3.1 sigma, depending upon the statistic. Additionally, while Yelich has been a relatively near a cluster center in previous years, in 2019, three of the four statistics in Figure 6 are appreciably far from the assigned cluster center, which increases uncertainty. The increase in uncertainty is reflected in the projections for the 2020 season. By and large, the model predicts a strong season with modest regression in home runs and runs scored, a significant regression in stolen bases, and a consistent RBI rate as compared to 2019. We arrived at the projection using the weighted combination of the 2016 to 2019 seasons. While the lag in the model is apparent, the uncertainty bands are meant to capture the model uncertainty about Yelich maintaining an MVP-like pace. As we are reporting rates, one may readily compare the rate in season with the predictions and revise accordingly. In particular, the number of plate appearances is the single largest factor which contributes to statistic accumulation. Turning to a prediction for a pitcher, figure 7 shows the predicted statistic rates for Mike Clevenger. Clevenger has only been pitching consistently in the MLB since 2016, and thus 2020 is the first year that our model is able to make a full prediction. We show the home runs allowed, strikeouts, hits allowed, and walks issued per 100 innings pitched using the same color scheme as figure 6. Clevenger was a 0.1 to 2 sigma outlier in the 2019 predictions. The single largest discrepancy is a strikeout rate, where Clevenger posted a 25% increase in the realized rate versus 2018. Given the profile other pitchers in the archetype cluster, 
Clevenger is unlikely to achieve the same high strikeout rate. Our predictions for 2020 suggest that Clevenger realizing the same 130 strikeouts per 100 innings is a two-sigma outcome. Four, conclusions. This paper has discussed the methods and open source process developed for creating MLB player archetypes, using those archetypes for prediction, and validating those results. The methods presented enumerate and explain a DIY MLB player prediction framework that anyone can run themselves or tweak with their own assumptions. Creating such a statistical prediction method leveraging open source tools filled a niche that had not been realized. This is a lightweight framework. We package cluster centers, making the computation of individual players trivial to the point you could do it by hand. However, the framework creates a base prediction system from which ever-increasing complexity can be added for refining full-season predictions, making in-season prediction adjustments, addressing systemic changes in the MLB, and identifying trends that manifest in players maturing through clusters. The options are endless. The creation and validation of a flexible, open-source framework posits that we can go deep or wide improve the current application of full-season projections, or apply the framework to a wholly new problem in baseball or beyond. The future direction of this project that is most exciting is the transition away from full-season aggregate stats towards game data, specifically StatCast data. Understanding and predicting trends across games would provide immediate prediction and validation on hitters and pitchers for managers and can inform decisions during games. Using a finer temporal range is mitigated by the magnitude of the potential data sets for consideration. This project was born from the desire to create full-season MLB player predictions that would inform fantasy draft decisions. The project met the original scope and in doing so created a flexible framework that we believe can handle new and more complex problem statements and scopes. The largest roadblocks in formulating a new problem statement for the framework is envisioning the desired deliverable. I am proud of this product. I think this was this was a very good product. I think we maintained an air mostly of fun around this project. Yeah, I mean that's it's, uh, a little bit lighter than I hope other than I think other um, papers can be. Yeah, I think the other thing that I really like about this is that we we did push ourselves to make a real data science paper. Yeah, it it's more um in some ways you know, this was lighter again. It was it was wide instead of being as deep as we could get it. Whereas I think the last paper that we wrote was really trying to be deep. Yeah. When we just didn't really have the time to vet everything that we were doing. And I think that we could have gotten there. Whereas what we were saying in this paper was, hey, you know, we've done this and we've done a really good job at this le at this certain level that we're at. Look at what we've done so far. And yes, it's open-ended. Well, I think... I, but it's an open-source right, paper. Right, exactly. So. We benefited from the fact that they created this open-source track, which really mm -hmm. steered the final direction of the project away from hard and fast. Here are our 2020 predictions and into, Hey, you can go make 2020 predictions based on whatever numbers you want. Here's the framework. 
yeah it's yeah it's a um instead of us putting on the wall the 25 inch rainbow trout that we caught it was us putting a our um fishing certification <laughs> fishing instructor certification that's right. on the wall that's right well said better to wrap this sucker up i am time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again mind the z all i've got left is Worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.